0: Hey guys, welcome to the Community Podcast. This is our first edition of the Community Podcast, and we have a special guest with us, Kyle Lux, where are you? Uh hello, hello. I'm right here. <laughs> awesome. What are you doing this summer? And what what's the what's the new phrase, you know, that's on the tip of your tongue? I feel like you always have something. Like one one year it was that's fresh. Like or lit, like what? What's the new phrase, like that, that you're carrying forward for our generation? It's good. Um, so, <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> um, I am interning this summer in Austin, Texas, um, my hometown. uh 512 represent. represent, wow. um, and and the uh, the phrase that I've found myself saying a lot recently is that's nuts.
0: So. That's nuts. Can you can you yeah. give it to us? Well, I guess that is a sentence. Is it is it a sentence by itself?
1: Uh, Grammar is not my strong suit. Uh, maybe it it might be. I'm not entirely sure. But an example an example of this could be uh, something that's going on right now. Olympics Olympic trials. Uh, I see somebody swim really fast. I say that's nuts. It generally has like a shock value to it. Like, wow, that's nuts! Like, um, but I hadn't. It's generally
0: positive.
1: Generally positive. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, let it, Let us know if if anything new comes up.
1: I will. I will for sure. You will. You'll hear
0: it from me first. <laughs> okay. Well, as we start the podcast, I just want to cast some vision for what we're going after. Uh, we're Doing a community podcast starting this summer to just have some conversations with people in our community, hearing from them on what the Lord's doing in their life, uh, and having a few, uh, conversations about, uh, things that are pertinent in the Christian life. Uh, today we're going to be talking about prayer. We have a few podcasts coming up, one on purity, another on theology, uh, and many more interesting topics coming up, Uh, so we're going to ask some fun questions, maybe address some misconceptions on a lot of what the Christian life looks like to help people kind of have uh, an understanding of what it looks like to follow Jesus, Uh, and I think it's just fun thinking about when I first started following Jesus, I walked into a church and was confused about why they even sang songs and so uh no one really gave me any like clue as to why singing songs was like an important deal i would later find out that singing songs wasn't just singing songs it was communicating and worshiping jesus which didn't make any sense to me at first uh (laughs) because i don't even know i don't even know what the word worship means and so just kind of as i kept going Things that define things needed to be defined, and it just, the church made no sense to me. If you're listening to this podcast, may all of these terms and and definitions and things that the Christian life consists of be demystified so that you might be able to walk out in following Jesus simply. And so, Kyle, today we're going to be talking about prayer. Can you even just give us maybe even your own definition of what is prayer and why do we pray? Somebody, somebody near and dear to me explained it as prayer is,
1: um, ultimately, uh, communication with God. And so it's an opportunity for, uh, you to just talk with God about, um, what's going on in your life. It's an opportunity for you to worship God. Um, it's an opportunity to come before God and, pray for others, um, to, um, lift up others and ask God, maybe it's for healing, maybe it's for financial help or whatever the situation may be, asking God on their behalf, um, for God to intervene. It's also a great time for confession, um, which is just telling God, um, the ways in which you aren't perfect, um, and yet the ways that you also desire to be perfected by him. Mm. Ultimately, what it kind of boils down to is this idea of communing with God or mm. having relationship with God.
0: That's good, yeah. Because that most of us have in our minds this kind of Facebook, we say, oh, yes. I'll be praying for you, uh, yeah. or we're praying for this situation. Right now, most people on Facebook are responding to an issue by saying, I'm praying into this and I want everyone to know that I'm praying into this. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how we, we view prayer is it's something that we say we're doing in order to align ourselves with this compassionate act. And, and I like yeah. what you said was that like, yes, that's, that's what it is, like is interceding for people, literally standing in the gap. If someone's in pain, like we're bringing their pain, we're communicating it to God and asking God for him to distribute healing or peace or understanding or wisdom yeah. into those situations, it kind of makes sense. It's like we're asking God to do something. That's, that's usually how people view prayer. But I like what you said about it's about communing with God, getting into community with like saying, God, I just, I just want to be with you. I want to know you. I want to relate with you. And I, and I think that's interesting in terms of how we even just view relationships. When we are in relationships, we talk to each other. Like communication Definitely. is like a primary way that we express ourselves within community, not just to make our own needs known, but to also hear someone else's desires, hear someone else's uh, heart on issues or heart in, uh, specific situations. And I think the same is true when we look at God. Like the, the Bible shows us that God wants to be in relationship with us, that he wants to communicate with us. The Bible, yeah. like, is this, this book that shows us this history of, of a people who God had chosen to reveal himself to, to relate with, to speak to, and uh, to invite into relationship. Prayer is this way that we enter into communicating and communing with God. And, and so it, it kind of takes it out of what are you praying for and more of like, who are you communicating with? I want to ask you, Kyle, what does it look like for you to communicate with God? Like on a personal level where you're not bringing someone else in, you're talking with him. Yeah. Um, so
1: oftentimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll go into um, my room or um, just a place where I can be quiet, uh, a place where I can be free from, free from distraction. And I'll just sort of sit down and um, either close my eyes or um, whatever it might be just to kind of help me calm down and focus a little bit. And then, then I'll just start talking. Um, it's as simple as that. It's, as if I were talking to my friend in the room who I'm really close with, and I were just speaking to them very candidly. And in many ways, I feel that same analogy plays over into how I talk to God, like just knowing that um, God is omnipresent, God can hear, and God does know um, everything about us. And so just sort of talking to him very plainly, um, very simply, mm-hmm. as if I were talking to anybody else.
0: Well, and i I think it's interesting you just said, like, you're talking with God, but he already knows everything, and so yeah. why i I think that just can be confusing. It's like, mm-hmm. what are we communicating that God doesn't already know?
1: so ultimately, he desires um to be involved in every single part of our lives. Uh, But he's leaving that little bit up to us. You see, he wants us to include him. He doesn't need us to include him, but he gives us this opportunity to include him. Ultimately, although he does know everything, um, God is filled with joy and um, glorified whenever we bring him into um, our lives, whenever we bring him into the highs, bring him into the lows, to bring things before him.
0: And I love, I love what you said. You also you said the word glorify, bro. This is Mm going to be difficult just to explain all of these words that, that don't make sense in normal contexts. But, but I like what you said about, uh, really it being on our end to show God, like, Hey, we want in this thing. Like, I don't know. Cause I, I kind of have this picture of a, a father, a father mm-hmm. like knows what his children need. A, a father doesn't have to like remember, oh, my kids need food today. Yeah. Like they're not going to forget that. They're not going to forget the normal necessities that their children need every day. But at the same time, a father loves when his son initiates and communicates a need or a desire. And, and there's, there's no greater pleasure of a father then to be initiated with and then be able to satisfy that desire or really like unlock a kid's heart like his son's heart and that's good and really like help him to understand what he's desiring or uh like to have wisdom on an issue and i and i think just just having that picture in our head is that that god is this father who, who longs for us to initiate with him Just in normal everyday circumstances, just like, just like a normal father, like a father hangs out with his kid and they do menial tasks. They just hang out. They're not really up to like these specific crazy purposes all the time. Most of life is just living and living (laughs) in a lot of respects. Nothing is happening that is pertinent. And yet there are these opportunities for connection like with your kid that can be meaningful to him as well as like meaningful to God, like or meaningful to the father. And so, and I, and I think I just love that because it, it just kind of brings this, uh, I don't know. Cause I think when we talk about God, we have to always as like humans talk about him in like these ways that we relate with him as if he was human I think it's called like anthropomorphism where we like relate with God as, as a man. It's just kind of like, it's difficult for me to relate with Katie's succulents just because they're not communicating. They're not like me. They don't have a soul. Uh, yeah. though Katie's company is called soul and succulent, like they don't have a soul. Now, granted, that's a Spanish soul son, but. But with God, like, God, and, and what I love about God is that he becomes man in Jesus. Jesus is God revealed in human form so that he is personable to us and helps us to relate with him. If, if Jesus didn't come and show us who God is and what he's like in person form in humanity, it'd be really difficult to relate with him on any level because I can't really recognize him As similar to me in any way or form, yeah. And and so I just I love that that Jesus comes to our level, allows us the, I think what you said the opportunity to initiate with Him, and uh, Mm -hmm. and allow Him in rather than forcing Himself upon us. I want to even just even go back. What was your experience first praying like? Well, do you even remember what your first prayer was?
1: That's, that's hard. Um, I think whenever somebody first explained to me that prayer, um, like in prayer, God actually listened to us, I didn't really believe them because that, that concept is kind of hard to imagine that this all powerful creator God would care about this tiny human, but I think it had something to do with the long lines of God, um i don't I don't know if you can actually hear me, but this is this is sort of what's going on in my life. bringing what was before me at that time before God in this position of humility, not really knowing um if God cared or if God um responded, but stepping out regardless in faith and going for it,
0: yeah, taking that first step that's so awkward. <laughs> Like, I love you. So it was like, God, I don't know if you can hear me, but regardless, here's what I'm going through. And I, yeah. And I honestly think just sounds beneficial in general to externally process what we're going through. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure probably like psychologists and, and people in the, the medical field would even agree with me that like the benefits of actually articulating what's going on in our hearts actually helps us to discern like what's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. Like in, yeah. And so even just from a a health beneficial, like situation, if you don't even believe in God, like prayer as this act of externally articulating what's going on internally is like beneficial to us. And, and so as, as someone who's like, well, I don't believe in God. I imagine half of, America is like that is is like every prayer. They're like, I don't know if anyone's listening, but here's what's going on. Now, when, when, when did that change in your heart where you were like, okay, I, I know someone's listening now, someone's on the other end of the line, hearing my petition, hearing my plea, has that happened? Or is that like still a stepping out on a ledge? I don't know what what's changed in your prayer life since then. Is it similar or is it like you're just confident that God's hearing you in this moment?
1: Yeah. Um, since the the changes really occurred since I got to college. Um, so since I've gone to college, I've really begun uh, to just ask questions and ask people for help. That's something I didn't really do beforehand. And a part of that process has been asking people about prayer and as I've just begun to pray more, I felt a lot more confident in it. And then I've also, it's kind of hard to explain, but there's just this feeling that I, I know God is there. I know God mm. is listening. I know God cares. And so that's combined with just scriptural knowledge of knowing that, um, of knowing more about who God is and um, what he cares for and who he cares for. Uh, And then also there's just that experiential knowledge of just doing it, of just going out and praying. And then at times sensing God and at times even um, believing that God has responded to uh, specific questions that I've asked or different things that I've been desiring. And so a specific example of something that I've prayed for and, and I've seen God answer in my life came Recently, actually, a little bit of background on the prayer. So, what I prayed for was that God would teach me to rely on Him financially. Hmm. Um, So, that's the prayer that I prayed for, and I didn't expect it honestly to be answered anytime soon, but it was this desire that I had to uh, just rely on God in all things. So, a little bit of background on that. I come from uh, a dad who is a doctor, and so um, growing up, uh, money was never really an issue but as it would happen a few months after I pray this prayer asking for God to help me rely on him more financially I found out my dad is switching jobs I might have to change schools my whole financial world was kind of shooken up yeah um, and it was in this process although it was hard that I began to rely on God financially and Um, I ended up getting a part-time job, uh, this past year just to help with some of the daily expenses and oftentimes my bank account would be, uh, very, very low. Um, (laughs) as in, uh, pennies in my bank account, it really allowed me this great opportunity to just rely on God, um, in my finances and to get used to, um, Managing my money well. And even whenever I didn't have much, um, still giving to, um, the church and giving to missions, um, and to, uh, the spreading of the kingdom, because honestly, that's where, that's where my heart was. Um, that's what I was desiring. And so, um, that was just a really cool, Opportunity that I was not expecting anytime soon. I was honestly expecting it to be after college. Um, but it's something that I got to begin to deal with in college. That's awesome. And so just sort of on that note of um, prayers like God, God can definitely, <laughs> definitely answer them. Um, and sometimes like there are prayers that I've prayed that still haven't been answered yet. Or at least I haven't seen them be answered yet um but i still i believe that god is faithful in that ultimately this this caring father knows so much more and has wisdom and that ultimately the timing that he has and his will will ultimately be the best
0: yeah well that is a tough pill to swallow sometimes (laughs) um if we're honest because sometimes Life is not, uh, what we desire. And I, and I'd say mm-hmm. most of our prayer life is asking for our desires. Yeah. And when we don't get our desire, we feel disappointed mm-hmm. because we don't get our way. Much, much like kids who ask something of their father and their father has a different plan. And leaves them disappointed, even if really the father's plan was better. Like it, it, it's so interesting how much it relates, like with just our relationship with the Lord. Except I, I just think it's, it's magnified to the infinite degree. Just when you think about relating with God, like who has existed from eternity past, who has never not been. In, in terms of beings, when I think of an eternal being, I think it would probably have to have a little more wisdom than I would have being a 27-year-old hanging out yeah. in white America. Just being in a place where I'm naive to think that my way is the best way every time and yeah. that I I deserve to be disappointed when I don't get my way. and And I think that's... In a lot of ways, what people experience in their jobs and what they experience in their communities and what they experience in the the way they handle authority and leadership and in all of these different ways where 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 there's all these these areas where we make petitions, cries for the things that we think are right, good and fitting for the situation. We don't get our way. There's so much disappointment. And yeah. I mean... Honestly, like when I read the scripture, it seems like Jesus is really okay with disappointing people. And, and sometimes (laughs) like that frustrates me. But then I, I also recognize like the Bible isn't meant to be this perfect story of perfect people hanging out with the perfect God. It's this perfect God living out in reality with like imperfect people disappointing them because their normal is different from his normal and so there's so many times where they're like jesus why are you saying this and jesus is like because i only do what the father is doing i only say what the father is saying um yeah and and that's so difficult for them to receive and that's ultimately why jesus was killed is because what he was teaching what he was preaching was so countercultural to the religious norms of the day of how people related with communed with god that they saw him as a heretic and they took him out but it's not it's not only the religious people it's the disciples as well there's so many situations where jesus is okay with disappointing the disciples and making a decision that will lead to the rejection of their desire in the way that they saw that it needed to happen which which i think i think that's ultimately like probably one of the the greatest things about prayer is that we're not just bringing our way like to our desire to jesus and saying this is how it needs to go but bringing our desire before him and allowing him to reveal how that desire is going to be revealed like within an action or within like an intervention that he would bring upon himself. And just like a father, a father loves the desires of his son. Now, granted, sometimes the, the desires that sons have act are acted out in ways that are injurious to the people that surround them or, uh, detrimental to their own health and so Mm -hmm. if if my desire is to cross the street i can i can do it my own way i can just go for it or i can receive direction and correction from my father in how to cross the street my desire to cross the street is not bad but the way i cross the street can end in death if i don't have wisdom if i don't have discernment if i don't have that connection with my father and him not just calling the shots, but him leading and guiding me. And I just think how much of, of prayer relates to that in the sense of yeah. us bringing our desires before God and then allowing him to shape and transform us rather than our prayers just changing his mind and making him change, but more of like, no, God, I need help. And, and this is a desire that I have. Like, what does it look like to see this desire fulfilled, like in a healthy, honoring way to the way that you see things work? And I, I think giving him the authority to speak into those things is like a powerful place in prayer. Yeah. A lot of what prayer
1: is and can be is um, worshiping God for who he is and then asking for his kingdom to come, which which ultimately means um, you're asking God for his will to be done. You're asking and sort of submitting yourself to God saying, God, you are supreme among all things. Um, and so this is what I think, or this is what I'm going through, but ultimately you know best. And so
0: I'm going to let you take charge. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and even you see Jesus doing that when he prays, uh, mm-hmm. there's that moment In the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is asking for God the Father to take he says take this cup from me and he's talking about the the cross he's talking about the sacrifice that God has called him to do from the beginning of time uh, to pay for the sins of men and and Jesus the guy who has been purposed to do this for all time is asking God to take it away. Yeah. But then he says, but not my will, but yours be done. Even the fact that that happened in a garden, like most people, when they think of the Bible and they think of a garden, they think of Adam and Eve who are, are sitting in the garden and they have a, a similar situation where they've been handed a, Uh, a lie from the devil and what their response is to this, this offer to not obey God is not your will, but mine be done. I want to do Mm -hmm. this regardless of what you've called me to do, which I mean, it's literally like Adam and Eve, you had one job, you had one job and that was to obey God and you missed it. And, and now granted we can look at them and be like, Idiot, like, but we look (laughs) we look at our own life, and there are so many times where we walk away from wisdom or from what we believe in our heart. God has called us to, in order to just walk out in our own will for our desire, and and I just love how Jesus gives us this example of prayer is the handing of the will to God to finish it's completion within an action that is like heavenly rather than of, of the world. And so Jesus is handing over of his will is ultimately making his desire like fulfilled completely, like in its fullness rather than leaving Jesus hanging. Now, granted that did leave Jesus hanging on on the cross, but it did not leave him hanging in the fruit of his sacrifice which ultimately comes with an inheritance in the world of him saving men, as well as him being raised from the dead. Jesus was raised from the dead because God the Father was like, that sacrifice I accept because that life was laid down to fulfill my will and not his own will. I, I don't know. I just, I love that. I love that. And it comes through prayer. It comes through handing our desires to God for his will to be done in our desires rather than our own will to be done in them. Yeah. So I guess two more things I want to talk about. Communication is a two-way street. From my experience, God doesn't just speak in words. God God communicates in a multifaceted way. Uh, and so I just yeah. wanted to ask you, like, what are the ways God communicates with you? Yeah. And um... There,
1: there are a few different ways. One I found is whenever I'm praying and whenever I've just asked a question, I'll just sort of wait and listen. Um, and oftentimes I'll, I'll hear this, this really, really faint, quiet voice in the back of my head. And it kind of even sounds like my own voice. And for the longest time I would just dismiss that. Mm. Um, but ultimately I believe that that is God speaking to me through his spirit in answering my question, um, or answering that prayer. Um, another way might be through, uh, this image that I might start to have in my brain. And, um, most of the time it's, it's something that I've never seen before in my life. And it might just seem like a daydream, but oftentimes whenever I, I think about whatever the image was or whatever the picture was, there's often much significance to that and you can um, take apart little pieces and extrapolate information from them. Another great one, and this is sort of fundamental, is um, oftentimes scripture will have answers to our prayer um and we just don't know about it. Hmm. Um and so that is that is something that's sort of foundational to being a follower of Christ, which is um, making sure that you're always um, reading God's word because He's always teaching us new things. He's always speaking to us. Those are those are sort of uh, the three common ways, I guess, for me.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love, I love all of those because I feel like there's there's kind of like some place to stand on in the Scripture when you see this story of God, like lived out in the scripture where he's actually speaking to people in the Bible in the same ways that you're communicating. So I remember in the book of Acts, Peter's having these dreams and he's like, what the heck do these mean? And he, he kept having this repetitious dream where he's like, I think God's trying to speak to me. And then ultimately like the revelation that he received from those dreams, it was like a random dream about animals and like things being cleaned and all this stuff. And Peter was like, what the heck does this mean? And as he Uh continued to have the dream, he recognized like what God was saying. It was like, God came to reconcile all men to himself. This isn't just a Jewish deal. This is an all people's deal. And so we need to be about all people, not just our people. And literally like started this revolution within like the people who met with Jesus was that all of their communities were siloed into, we are Romans. We are Gentiles. We are the Jewish, the chosen people of God. And in mm-hmm. this revelation, like Peter recognized, like it's not just this chosen race, like of people, but it's this chosen people out of all nations that God has desired to save and all this stuff yeah. came through a dream. And there's other situations where, uh, there is that guy, the Ethiopian eunuch story, where mm-hmm. someone feels this impression that they're supposed to go speak to this Ethiopian eunuch, and he walks up, and the dude's reading the scripture, and he's like, hey, can you help me understand who the Lamb of God is? This doesn't make sense to me. And the, the, <laughs> the disciple's like, oh, you don't know who the Lamb of God is? Great. The Lamb of God is Jesus. And he explains the gospel, and the dude's like, awesome, this makes sense. I want to follow that guy. Where can you baptize me? And it's just like this crazy divine encounter that came from just an impression that wouldn't have happened uh-huh. if God was not speaking, if God was not informing our thoughts. And then, yeah. uh, what was the other one? You talked about the scripture. There are so many times where, like, uh, Paul or Peter, are quoting Old Testament scripture and they're like, this is what's happening in our midst. Like, like I remember when in acts two, they, they were talking about how it was this prophetic act from the old Testament in Joel two, where God said that he was going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Like that old men would have visions and young men would dream dreams and, and all this stuff where where the the disciples were just like hey look it is in the scripture it was foretold this was going to happen and i think in the same way in our life two thousand years later we can look at the scripture and see what god's up to in our midst because for some reason the bible can speak into specific situations that we're going through currently not just it's it, i mean it's so much more than than just a historical document and and i yeah. guess it is a historical document in itself just blankly but it's getting up into my history and into like my life story and not just stuck in the past like yeah it's it's bringing this concept of relating with god home and and helping me to to recognize like what god's up to and like his character and nature Are exactly the same as back then. And, and, and that ultimately like encourages me because what the heck? Like for, for us to be able to like have this impression and then like see God move in a way where like he communicated with us and then to realize that throughout history, God has been doing this really like ushers us into this practice that's not just something out of nothing. But literally something we were made for, and it just gives so much meaning and purposefulness like to not only our lives but like to the things that we do. Just an appreciation like and a, and a gratitude for just be being, being a part of this God story like that's so much bigger than us. The last question I want to ask was, what are some misconceptions about prayer that you think people have? I think sort of one of the, the biggest
1: misconceptions or biggest things that can get in the way uh, whenever people think about prayer um, is, it's the concept that somebody is actually listening, somebody's actually paying attention. That to me seems to have been one of the biggest things. And so I think if we, we can recognize and understand that there actually is a God who, who loves us, who loves to listen to us, um, and who has this fatherly love and this tenderness and this compassion and this justice, um, amongst other things, I think that changes the ball game whenever mm. we think about prayer. Um, because if we understand it through that lens, then we know that we can talk um, frankly, we know that uh, we can pray whenever we want and that God is always listening. Um, we know that this this creator God is capable of um, infinite things. And so even if it might seem silly, we can pray for whatever is on our heart, whatever is on our mind. Hmm. Um, and so as we begin to realize that and recognize that, that moves us to action to praying more and more. And throughout the New Testament, I want to say it's Paul. He talks about, praying at all times of the day and that can seem really daunting um but if you come from this idea of being able to talk to god at all times and it's not some like high and mighty thing uh where you have to be speaking in proper um proper english i think that'll change um how we look at it and ultimately affect our lives and
0: That's good, man. So there's so many misconceptions that that I think I believe myself, and so it's kind of when we talk about other people having them, it's like, well, I have all of these misconceptions as well. I need help, and like how I view how I view my prayer life. I I like I like what you said about I don't have to speak perfect English. Uh, I I think a lot of people think that prayer is like you have to find the right key. Like in the right moment to like unlock it. And so I need to use the perfect words, like eloquent speech. Can I need to be convincing? And God's not sitting here like waiting for me to use the right vocabulary. He already knows mm-hmm. the desire that's in my heart. I don't, I don't even yeah. need to communicate it, but I need to acknowledge him within it. And, yeah. and I think that's the main thing is like, when we say praying at all times it's it's not talking at all times like prayer is communing with god and how many of our relationships consist of something more than just talking we like to relate with each other we like to eat together we like to just spend time together we don't have to talk in every moment but there is yeah. this this understanding and this relational connection like, that isn't just, I don't know, kind of this, we're trying to get something from someone and we're, we need to use the right words. And I, and I think that's ultimately the misconception comes from the way we relate with people unhealthily. Because mm-hmm. I, I think we get into this mode where life is all about getting our way and how we can be the most convincing person ever is like a major goal for a lot of people. And I just feel like with the Lord, yes, we need to be persistent in prayer, but not see prayer as this, this art of trying to pray the perfect prayer to unlock God, to do something in our life, but more of coming into acknowledgement, coming to him with where we're at, what we have and allowing him to speak into us rather than, than thinking our perfect words are going to win the day. Um, Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's something that I still struggle with. Like, uh, for, for the believers listening to this podcast, most of you, when you're in a prayer time in your community and someone else is praying, what's going on in your mind? You are rehearsing your prayer to make it sound better to, Not just receive agreement from God, but agreement from your peers and what you're asking for. And you're, you're cultivating this perfect prayer that you think is more valuable to God's ears than if you would just listen to your neighbor pray and agree with what they're saying and then come behind their prayer in, in your own like imperfect way. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be mindful of what we're saying and just go off the cuff all the time. It's fine to have a structured prayer time. It's fine to even write out your prayers in your journal. I love writing my prayers because it helps me slow down because we're we're running so fast and I want to articulate my desire so that I would understand what I'm desiring rather than just like making sure God understands it. Yeah. And, good. and I just, I just feel like, man, how many times are we just praying in our minds and perfecting our prayers while God is listening to all of this rehearsal? And he's like, Hey, I know you're trying to present yourself before me, like as this awesome prayer warrior, but just let's, can you just acknowledge me? And that's, that would be great. And yeah. <laughs> I think about that so much <laughs> because I honestly think Jesus loves my crappy prayers. Jesus loves when I'm not put together, but I'm coming before him and acknowledging him. Kyle, this has been good. Love connecting with you, bro. And uh, I mean, thank you for giving God space to work in you. And I just want to say that I see it. Um, and so I just want to bless you in your prayer life. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. And... Yeah, this has been awesome. Thanks for being a part of the first community podcast. Shoot,
1: thank you. Um, That means a lot. It's been a pleasure. I hope to return.
0: Well, guys, thanks for listening to the first community podcast. Check back once a week. We're going to keep hashing these things out to send to you for your auditory pleasure I want to hear from you. I want you to be a part of this podcast. Come join the community podcast. I'd love to talk with you about something in following Jesus that you love and you think uh, really people would benefit from us talking about. So reach out to me. We love you guys. Bless you. Have a great week.